Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Economist. This is The Economist in Berlin. Wim Wenders is a German film director best known for The State of Things, Paris, Texas, and Wings of Desire. But Mr. Wenders is also an avid photographer as a new exhibition of his work at the Blaine Southern Gallery in Berlin reveals. I'm Connie Günther, cultural correspondent. I caught up with Mr. Wenders at the exhibition and asked him about his career in photography, his views on the changing nature of the film industry and how he explores the human condition through his work. The world knows Wim Wenders as a very successful, outstanding and award-winning filmmaker in the first place. Now the Blaine Southern Gallery in Berlin is presenting your recent and, as I saw, also some older photographs. Since when have you made a career as a photographer? I've been a photographer already when I was a kid. I had a camera when I was six. I had a darkroom when I was 10 or 12. I've been always taking pictures, but I never took it so seriously until the early 80s when I, for the first time, went on a journey that was strictly of photographic nature. And that also became my first exhibition at the time at the Centre Pompidou in Paris. It was called Written in the West. And ever since, it's become more like the second half of my life. I do my movies still, and the other half of my life I travel in order to photograph. Do you have any uh, photographers or painters? Uh, I read you also were inclined to do some painting. Uh, who inspired you? As a kid, I only wanted to become a painter. Photography and filmmaking was completely out of the question in post-war Germany. So I really wanted to become a painter and went to Paris in order to become a painter and studied painting and sort of got sidetracked by the fact that some painters I liked started to work with film cameras like Andy Wall and Michael Snow and, and Brackage. And I started to make my first films completely non-narrative film as a painter and then slowly realized that filmmaking was touching on another medium and that it was storytelling. And I slowly became more and more of a storyteller and less and less of a painter until I embraced filmmaking as the only profession that really included everything I liked. It was photography and architecture and music and writing and acting. Everything I liked rolled together in one package was called filmmaking. As I saw in this uh, exhibition here at uh, Berlin's branch of Blaine Southern Gallery, um, your photos are quite obviously images of landscapes, places, buildings. Also, I noticed that I can hardly see people on your photographs. 
don't you like to have people in on the focus or, or are you a landscape photographer in particular? I'm interested in people. I'm interested in our civilization. I'm interested in what traces we leave in landscapes and cities and places. But on the other hand, I wait until people are gone, until they're out of the shot, so the place can start talking about us, about us people. As soon as there's one person in a shot, everybody looks at that person and everybody tries to decipher the image via this person. If there's nobody in the shot, if there's just the place left in the landscape, the beholder is able to listen to the story of that place. And that's my job. I try to make places tell their stories about us. So I'm not a landscape photographer. I'm really interested in people. But my way of finding out things about people is that I do photos about their absence and about their traces. Let's now switch a bit to filmmaking. Do you think that it is the fate of all film more than it is the fate of music, painting, literature or photography to be forgotten? No, it's the fate of all culture to be forgotten and to disappear. And sometimes it needs an archaeological effort to bring it back to light. And that goes for writing just as well as for painting or for photography or for filmmaking. That goes for all the arts and that goes for our human civilization. And uh, maybe movies are shorter lived than let's say books, but well, today it looks like books are very short lived and might not even continue to exist in a little while. So how do you see the future of the German film and perhaps film in general? I mean, film on large screens, uh, young people tend to watch series, you know, the word binge-watching on the internet, uh, rather than going to the cinemas. It still reflects a need to follow storytelling. Even the, even the interest in series right now is a renewed interest in storytelling. I think these series are a very advanced way of storytelling, of telling stories longer, of getting more into character of taking more time to develop stories. I think some of the most adventurous work today is done in series. So I see it as a positive development. And I see that the need for storytelling, even in our digital age, is still the same. The habits and the forms in which we communicate stories are changing, that's all. My students make movies on iPhones as well, and, and I think that's just as interesting and that can capture things that big film cameras could not possibly capture. So technology is always also a challenge to find out what couldn't be done before. Your uh, recent narrative film, Everything Will Be Fine, which uh, was premiered at the Berlinale, and uh, I think it will make it into the cinemas by the end of the year. 
and it is about the worst blow of fate one can think of. A little child gets run over by a car, and how the driver of the car and the mother of the dead child and his brother who lost a sibling are coping with it. Your film tells a very dramatic and moving story, and yet, it, in a very calm way, without any blood or violence, have you done that on purpose? Is that your way of storytelling, or are you fed up with violent pictures? I couldn't care less. I think violence is completely uninteresting and is heavily overrated. And it's mainly an ingredient to movies and no longer part of the storytelling process. And I'm much more interested in the healing than in the violent or traumatic experience. I'm interested in how healing takes place over time and what we can do in order to forgive ourselves and then to forgive others. Um, let's go back to an older film, uh, your film Lisbon's Story from 1994. Only five years after the fall of the Berlin Wall praises a united Europe, a Europe without borders and free traveling. Now, 21 years later, the dream of a united borderless Europe seems to be at stake with the erection of new borders to prevent hundreds of thousands of refugees from war and poverty-ridden countries from entering the EU. What are you thinking about Europe and the world these days and when you see these images? I grew up in post-war Germany. I realized this country needed help. I realized we, this country was a country of fugitives from a time that we all wanted to leave behind. So if today there are people coming from countries who are destroyed, from people who are on the run, who are persecuted, I think I'm happy to realize that the Germans have not forgotten their history and I'm very concerned that Europe as a whole might not forget their history of wars and persecution and that our European culture and cultures need to be a welcoming culture by their definition. If we lose that idea, I think we're giving up on who we are and what we are about. That was Wim Wenders on his life as a prolific and versatile artist. The music in this recording is called Remedy for Melancholy by Kai Engel. In Berlin, this is The Economist. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.